0: This is Hockey Central 960 with Haley Salvian on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
1: All right, for the last time this week, welcome into Hockey Central 960. Haley Salvian here. With you for the next hour on the show, we're going to be joined shortly by Ken Bulkey from Sinbin, Vegas to talk a little bit about game four from last night. The Dallas Stars stay alive against the Vegas Golden Knights in the Western Conference final. Game five will be on Saturday. We'll look ahead to that and what could come next for Vegas uh, if the Stars win game five. This is from the NHL. They released it last night. The cup final will be on June 3rd. That will be next Saturday. But if Vegas ends the series in five, the cup final will begin on Wednesday. That's May 31st. So a little bit of news there. As torn as I am about my Dallas Stars. You know, do I want them to come back and win in seven? Or do I want the Stanley Cup final to start Three days sooner. I don't know. Something about the cup final starting in June. Seems a little late to me, but that's all right. Um, Before we get to Ken, oh, and later in the show, I should mention, we are going to do our weekly Pat chat. So Pat Steinberg from Flames Talk here on the station is going to join us then, um, talk a bit about Flames' captaincy, uh, some of the seven unrestricted free agents that we know, new general manager Craig Conroy, will want to get sorted before... The season starts. Uh, before that, a little bit on the Dallas Stars Vegas Golden Knights game. Last night, as mentioned, Dallas stays alive with a 3 2 overtime win in game four, of the Western Conference Final. I thought Dallas played with the kind of pace and desperation that is needed to extend the series. Um, And their best players got the job done last night. Jake Ottinger, after a very rough game three, was much better, making 37 saves on 39 shots, a 949 save percentage. He continues to be very good in elimination games. Um, Can he continue that in game five, six, seven? That's still a major question mark. Jason Robertson scored twice. Joe Pavelski with the OT winner. Ah, uh, the first overtime win for the Stars this postseason. They were zero and four heading into extra time last night. Robertson's second goal. If you haven't seen it, uh, I tweeted a clip. uh, It's probably on on social media, Sportsnet account. Batting the puck out of the air twice after an initial save from Aiden Hill before finding the back of the net was an exceptional display of his hand-eye coordination. It was a great goal from Robertson to tie the game 2-2 at the time. He had 11 shots last night as well. That's over a quarter of Dallas's shots on goal in that game. If that continues from Robertson, things get, get pretty interesting For the Dallas Stars, now that he's heating up after a slow start to the playoffs, two goals in the first two series or 13 games for Jason Robertson, two goal effort in an elimination game last night, and now four goals in round three. Um, And lastly, before we get to Ken Bolke is Joe Pavelski. His game winner, by the way, was the 73rd playoff goal of his career. That breaks a tie with Alex Ovechkin for the most postseason goals among active players. Sidney Crosby is third with 71. So, a little bit of context. As we know, Alex Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby were number one overall picks in 2004 and 2005. Joe Pavelski, 205th overall in 2003. Uh, so, Joe Pavelski is probably one of the best, like old guy, respectfully, without a cup. So it'd be nice to see him continue on, but there's still quite a hole for the Dallas Stars. They're still down 3-1 in the series as it heads back to Vegas for Game 5 on Saturday. And with that, let's go to the Atlas Pizza Guest Hotline So we have Ken Bulky from Sinbin, Vegas, on the line to tee up that matchup look at maybe what... What went wrong? It feels a little harsh to say for Vegas. It was an overtime game. They were, There wasn't a lot wrong, but we can dive into it all with Ken. How are you doing today? Thanks for joining us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um,
1: so Dallas staves off elimination last night in Game 4 against the Golden Knights. What did you see from from Vegas last night? Did they take their foot off the gas a little bit, or was this just Dallas kind of showing up in a way that they maybe hadn't in recent games in this round?
0: I think it's a little more the second one. I don't think Vegas are terrible. I don't, it certainly wasn't their best game. It certainly wasn't, uh, you know, them on top of it. Like they have been at different points in the past, this postseason. but I just thought, you know, stick battles wasn't great for Vegas. Certainly there were a few adjustments that, that Dallas made that I thought Vegas kind of got caught in between. Do we want to start playing our game or do we want to kind of try to, to, to adjust to what they're doing? And overall, I mean, they're up for a good portion of the game. It's two-one in the second period. They're in good shape to potentially sweep the series, and it didn't go their way. They're okay. Plenty of time.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Aiden Hill makes thirty-nine saves on forty-two shots last night. I mean, what's the confidence level in him right now? He uh, he was excellent last night.
0: Guys, unbelievable. I, I'm, I'm like <laughs> I, I don't. I've run out of adjectives. Like I have to. I've I the thesaurus of incredible. Like saved on my computer because I. I don't even know what to say about this. I don't even know how this is possible. He's been every bit of what the numbers say, like 940 save percentage. He's now six and two. he had a five game winning streak. He's doing this in the Western Conference final. I mean this guy, I, it's, his confidence is through the roof. He believes in every he believes every single shot. he's absolutely going to stop and probably freeze for the most part. And even when he made a mistake, probably the worst mistake he made in the entire game last game. He stills a rebound out in front, Mark Stone picks it up, and Jack Seichel's got a breakaway. So even when he doesn't do things right, things are going his way. It's pretty wild.
1: Is there a feeling that he can continue to sustain this level of play? I feel like heading into the series, people are like, well, people are wondering how long can Aiden Hill do this while he's going up against Jake Ottinger. And so far, I mean, he's been up to the task. And Jake Ottinger, at least when we're looking at – game three (laughs) Aiden Hill was the better goalie in games one two and three and you know you could probably make the debate in game four as well if you're just looking at how many saves he made
0: I mean at some point we have to stop doubting it right I don't know if we're at that point yet and like trust me I was in the camp that was like all right okay he had a good couple of games against Edmonton Edmonton kind of fell off in that series like Let's see what happens against Dallas, but man, he's just been continuing to do it. It seems like he's getting better as he goes along. Like I don't see why it has to stop. And if they do end up getting through to the next round, it's a weird matchup of like Bobrovsky versus Aiden Hill. Who's better? But honestly, Hill might be the guy. Like it's it's pretty unreal.
1: It's been, it's been something to watch, for sure, especially when you see how many goalies the Golden Knights have, have gone through this season. I think five goalies have made at least two starts for Vegas this season, and it's Aiden Hill running away with it when it matters the most. Um, looking at some of the forward group for the Vegas Golden Knights, what has made the Jack Eichel, Ivan Barbashev, and Jonathan so combo so effective?
0: For the most part, it's been Eichel. Like for the for the first whatever it was hundred games or so that he played with the Golden Knights, there were there were moments where you would get that like push the defense back, fly through the neutral zone. That moment where you're like, this is Jack Eichel. This is what we're looking for. And then it would kind of go away for a couple of days or weeks or in last year' case at the back end of the season, a month. And this year was kind of the same thing. It was like sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. Since game two of this postseason, after he did not have a very good game one, since game two, he's been doing it every single shift. Like, this guy has been everything that you can possibly want, and and in many ways more because he's pulled Jonathan Marshall out of a goalless streak. Marshall had no goals in seven games. He's got eight in the last mm-hmm. eight now. Like, I think it's just all been him pushing the defense back, opening space up, and then Barbashev goes to the goal, and Marshall finds the soft spots and rips shots in, like, it, it's a really good mix right now, but there's no question in my mind Eichel's driving the bus, and Eichel deserves all the credit for everything that's coming to that line.
1: Well, it's been, it's, I'm so glad that you mentioned some of the things off the score sheet that Jack Eichel's doing in terms of creating that space, pushing the D back, because Jack Eichel might be the best player in this series that hasn't scored a goal yet.
0: Yeah, <laughs> 100%, 100%. He's been awesome defensively. He's reloading like Cassidy has wanted him to. And just, he, he, he seems to have the ability in this series, and he had it a little bit in the last series, to kind of stem the tide. When things are going Dallas's way, when they're getting a couple of good shifts in a row, if they can get a shift where Eichel gets his, his stick on the puck, yeah, they're going to turn it around, and they're going to have some offensive zone time and then probably exit with the puck in a better place than he started. And that, that makes a huge difference in a series like this.
1: I saw a stat today. Jack Eichel is second... He is the second most points, excuse me, by a U.S.-born player in their playoff debut, trailing only Jake Gensel in 2017. So Gensel had 21 points when he made his playoff debut. Jack Eichel has 17 points through to this point. Uh, and that's 17 points in 15 games, we should say. Uh, <laughs> is he not getting enough? I feel like all of the con Smythe love is going towards Sergei Bobrovsky, and Matthew Kachuk right now. Should we be uh, talking about Jack Eichel in that mix a little bit more?
0: If you think the Golden Knights are going to win the Cup, I don't think there's another option at the moment. Like, Stone's been good. Stone's been, you know, the numbers are there, and he's kind of right up there with Eichel. But there's no doubt to me Eichel's been the most impactful player. I could actually make an argument for William Carlson being second, and then I could even make an argument for Aiden Hill, because where are they without Aiden Hill's 940 savers I can't stop mm-hmm. saying that number it's insane to me <laughs> but like <laughs> yeah it's I, I to, to me yeah once once if the Golden Knights do end up getting there I think people are going to start looking at the totality and say there's really three candidates it's Bobrovsky, Kachuk and then it'll be call if Vegas wins.
1: Does it make it more fun that they have an opportunity to punch their ticket to the cup final on home ice in game five?
0: Yeah, why not? Right. You know, get the fans involved. Don't don't do it in front of Dallas's fans. Who knows what they were going to do if they wheeled the Campbell Bowl out last night. So, yeah, let's do it. And Golden Knights have never won, uh, never won a trophy at home. I guess they've only won one trophy in their career. Like in all the playoff series, they've only ever won two of them at home. So this is an opportunity to do it. and We'll see if they can get it done.
1: I can't imagine what they're going to bring out, like what their game operation staff is going to be prepared with (laughs) heading into game five, knowing what their their game day looks like in the regular season. I can't can't imagine what they're going to do if they have an opportunity to make it to the cup final on home ice.
0: They're going to say the word realm a lot. I know that. They are obsessed with the word realm, and I can't figure out. I don't even know what it means, to be honest. like I'm not like a Dungeons and Dragons guy, so I don't know what it means. But boy, do they say realm a lot. Holy my.
1: They had one graphic I saw, and it was a knight with the dragon going up against a, a cowboy And I understand everyone wants really good graphics, but I was a little confused. Since when did the knight and the dragon get on the same team? It should have just been the dragon. Well, it should have just been the knight against the cowboy. Where'd the dragon come from?
0: Well, so the dragon, somehow (laughs) before the playoffs, a box appeared out out on the plaza in front. And it was a wooden box, which confused me because there was supposedly a dragon in there, but a wooden box wood dragon nonetheless it appears that the, <laughs> the the golden knight has like trained this dragon and now here we are with a dragon attacking dallas and, and 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 oil rigs and it's 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 been a wild ride on and off the ice let's just put it that way
1: yeah seems like i've missed a couple chapters here
0: yeah you need to word, learn the word realm for sure too because they, <laughs> they are going big. to use the word realm seven more times now yeah. <laughs>
1: All right. I'll be ready for that for for Saturday. Um, looking at the defense here, uh, Alex Petrangelo and Alec Martinez, that's been the the top pair for the Golden Knights. I think looking at some of the underlying numbers, like their numbers look just fine, but I think when you consider the fact that they're playing against other teams' top competition, they play a lot against in this series, Jason Robertson, Joe Pavelski, how would you evaluate uh, Vegas's number one pair through the Western Conference final?
0: They're very similar to the overall numbers of the team. It's like you look at expected goals, and the Golden Knights have lost every single game in this series according to the natural stat trick, and they're winning right. the series 3 to 1. You know, it's, they're in many ways, and I'll use Bruce Cassidy's phrase, imperfect. They're not great at any stat on the board except for one, and that's wins. And that's how they're doing that. That might be a story for another day. I don't know. 115 PDO and high danger chances. Like, somebody tell me how, somebody figure that out for me. I don't understand that it's physically possible. But here we are. And yeah, I think those two, they're kind of the same way. When they go, when they're able to have a pretty effective game. The other team's top line, the other team's top D-pair just isn't going to be able to get in the game the same way that they need to for the opposing team to have success. And they were able to slow down Hinton Robertson a little bit in those middle games of the series. They certainly were able to do it against McDavid and Dreisaitl, and I think at some point in the next one to three games, they're going to have a good game, and and, and that'll probably be it for the Stars. And and it'll be in many ways because of that top D-pair.
1: Right. And the D core in general, they block a ton of shots. Petrangelo five last night, White Cloud three. I think that I think the Golden Knights lead the playoffs in shot blocks so far. So that maybe speaks to a bit of it. You can have all the shot attempts in the world, uh, but a lot of those aren't getting to the net uh, because they're just throwing their bodies in front of everything.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. They actually they they did lead the league in blocks uh, in the regular season. It's not horribly surprising that they picked it up a little bit in the postseason. It's been a little down in this series. It hasn't been as effective as I kind of thought because I thought Dallas was going to kind of fling shots from the outside and try to get those high tips. And we haven't seen as much of that in regards to blocking shots. But yeah, they're they're very very good at it. And then we look to the next series and you got to block shots from five feet away from the goal if you're going to beat Florida. So it's, it's going to be a little bit of a different challenge if they get to the next one.
1: How would you describe the team's playing style under Bruce Casty? Maybe that speaks a little bit to the way that this team in Vegas, they just look in control of the game at all times. Even in Game 3 when they were getting outshot by the Dallas Stars, they never looked like they did not have control of that hockey game. Is that because of what Bruce Cassidy has implemented systems-wise?
0: Yep, Absolutely. That's probably the best way to describe it, is in control. And even when the game feels like it's out of control, usually you look at an NHL team, if they're not winning the course the battle, if they're not having the puck in the offense and going for an extended period of time, they're probably in some trouble taking on water a little bit. That's not the Golden Knights. They're pretty comfortable in their own end. They're pretty comfortable as long as the puck stays to the outside. Where they can get in a little bit of trouble and they do lose control of the game a little bit is when it gets too gummed up in the neutral zone. If they can't get out and they can't find a way to kind of make sure that they get into the offensive zone eventually and get the puck in deep and get their forecheck going a little bit, that's when it can kind of come at them in waves. And they end up, you know, that's where the penalties come from. That's where that, like, Robertson's second goal last night, the one that banked off the bat. They had given up three or four chances before that, and they just could not get out. Uh, when, when that's when it gets out of control a little bit. But that's mm-hmm. been few and far between so far in this postseason, and that's why their record is 11 and four.
1: Right, um, and you know, speaking of that, they're 11 and four. They have another opportunity to kick the Dallas Stars, eliminate the Dallas Stars from the playoffs, and punch their ticket to the Stanley Cup final. What do you think Vegas needs to do to counter Dallas? Uh, in Game 5?
0: I think it just starts with making sure they're checked a little bit more active. I, I thought positionally they were fine last night. Like, they were getting to the right places. They're getting in these situations where Dallas tries to outnumber you and they weren't really getting outnumbered. They just weren't winning six battles. And when they weren't, then the puck's going to come out and you kind of have to start over and it gets tiring to do that over and over and over again and not succeed on it. I I don't think Dallas did anything too special. I just think there was a level of desperation that was there that Vegas just didn't quite match in regards to stick battles, physicality, that type of thing. And I would imagine coming back home knowing that like, hey, we lose this one, it gets a little dicey here, fellas. So I think they'll uh I think they'll be more on their game. I think you'll see something closer to game one or like the first six minutes of game three before that thing determined whatever that game turned into. Uh, I I expect the Golden Knights to do very well, and Dallas to really struggle. I predicted it before the series. Two shutouts for Aiden Hill. I'm sticking with it. I think they'll get the shutout and uh, win the series uh, tomorrow.
1: All right. Shutout in Game 5 for Aiden Hill. He keeps trucking on. Um, What about Mark Stone? I feel like I've ignored him a little bit here, and maybe it's because I've been so focused on guys like Jack Eichel or Aiden Hill or uh, the top pair. uh, How have you felt about Mark Stone in the Western Conference Final?
0: I thought his offense has been a little bit down in this series compared to a little bit of what we saw in the first two. Certainly the Mm -hmm. the Winnipeg series, he kind of took over a little bit more and got Chandler Stephenson going quite a bit. I thought it has been a little bit limited. Now Stephenson had the illness before, I think it was game three, and then Howden missed morning skate before game four with some sort of injury, so there's certainly something going on there. I would imagine coming off two back surgeries in eight months, he's probably not 100%. He looks pretty good so he's probably maybe in the 90s or something but not horribly surprising that he hasn't quite had the offensive impact but defensively there's one play I was re-watching the game today and there's a loose puck just floating into the middle of the slot in front of Aiden Hill and Mark Stone dives from like 10 feet away in one hand mm-hmm. and swats it out of there it's like he just does stuff like that It's like this guy right. he's he's always making winning plays like constantly so even if the numbers aren't there offensively, like this guy's going to do something over the course of 60 minutes. That's going to be impressive. And he's been doing that.
1: I don't know if I've ever seen somebody who loves scoring goals more than Mark stone.
0: No, <laughs> nobody does. And, and nobody even loves to see other people score goals as much as Mark stone. Yeah. It, it's wild. He, he's, he is, he is a, a mad man. If he, if they win five more times, I don't know what the Stanley Cup might break in half with this guy getting it out of excitement.
1: <laughs> Mark Stone, the dragon in the realm. It's going to be chaos. In the right,
2: realm. Yeah, in the realm. Let's go.
1: producer uh, sent us an actual proper definition. Realm is defined as a kingdom, a field or domain of activity or interest. So thank you, uh, Taylor, for that.
0: What does that mean? Like, wh- how does that know. relate? It's to just hockey? like what a space.
1: Missing? It's, it's the it's I, Vegas's realm. It's there. kingdom. kingdom. fun things, things happen. Yeah, or interesting yeah. things happen.
0: I'm losing it here.
1: The realm what? in Vegas uh, why, okay, is where are the are we Golden we Knights it? play.
0: What is I don't know.
1: I would love and to why, go to. Why, it. I've still never been to a game there.
0: I'm so confused. I'm so confused. I don't understand the dragon. I don't understand the realm. I need a nap.
1: All right. Okay. One more question before we let you go and take a nap then. How about that? Um, The Stanley Cup final, Stanley Cup final will be May 31st. If Vegas ends it in five, would get pushed to June 1st. It looks like if, uh, if Dallas won game five. So we're looking at next Wednesday or next Saturday. We already know that the Florida Panthers are awaiting. They've made it to the Stanley Cup final. What kind of matchup do you think Florida and Vegas would be?
0: I think they're very similar teams. Both kind of do the same type of thing, which is get it in deep, get um, on forecheck, and then really just get under your skin. And then I think Florida does it in more of like the Matt Kachuk way, where Vegas does it more of in a hockey way, where it's just like you can't get anything going and you just get annoyed. And so you try doing other things. I think it's going to be a very, very interesting matchup. Not a lot going on in the games. I would imagine it's fairly low scoring fairly low event lots to the outside with teams just banging their head into the wall constantly trying to get to the front and it'll just come down to who can get the bounces who can win the four check races and whose goalie is actually what we're seeing like which of these goalies is actually 13 goals above expected like one of them probably will be by the time that this thing's over i think it's a very intriguing matchup and it's Fairly close to a coin flip. I think I would lean Vegas a little bit because of the decor. They're a mm-hmm. little bit deeper with the decor, so I think that's what I'll probably land on. But Barkov is uh, Barkoff oh. could be the equalizer if Barkoff can shut down Eichel. Like maybe Vegas's offense goes away a little bit. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild one if we do end up getting there. Which uh, I think the realm is gonna unite and, and make it to that point.
1: The dragon versus the panther. I feel Ooh. like you would take the dragon in that situation.
0: You got to. Fire. Yeah, realm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But the panthers did post their graphics with the panthers, like, Ooh. swimming through a hurricane. So maybe they're also those fireproof fire. panthers.
0: Yeah. yeah, those graphics Gone were sick.
1: It's a Friday. Everyone's tired. Everyone needs a nap. We're talking about dragons and panthers and fire-breathing hurricanes. Sorry about that, Ken. Thanks for doing this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got it. Thanks for having me. Right. Let me know if you figure out more about this realm. I'm still confused.
1: Yeah, we'll let you know. Let us know what it, what it's like on Game Five. Maybe ask ask around in the building. Figure out what the realms what the realm means.
0: Will do. Will do. Will do. They say it six <laughs> times in a 90 minute video. I counted. Or 90-second video. It's
1: weird. I get it. Thanks, Ken. (laughs) Have a good weekend. (laughs) See There goes Ken Bulkey from Sinvin, Vegas. Sorry, everybody. Is the text line going crazy? (laughs) Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I just,
2: I'm so invested in this realm stuff.
1: I want to watch the video. We should... Um...
2: And the really dumb slogan, Unite the Realm. But it's a play on words because they're the knights. Unite. Yeah. I...
1: We should take <sighs> a field trip to Vegas just to figure it out. Let's do it. Group Grouping, <laughs> little travel team. Going. Let's go to Vegas for the company weekend. Company card. <laughs> There's no... There is no other ulterior motives to going to Vegas. We are strictly work business only. Yeah. I've never been. Really? Yeah.
2: You got to go at least once. I've been once, but yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't twenty one when I went, so I had a bit of a tampered experience. Uh, yeah. But you got to go at least once. I'd like to go back yeah. now that I'm of age in the states, an adult. Yeah, yeah. a not real 12. Yeah. not yeah ugh, twelve. Yeah.
1: I would like to go to a game at T-Mobile Arena also. It does it seems so over the top but in kind of a fun way. I mean, it's and Vegas, right? It has to be.
2: Yeah. If they weren't over the top, I feel like that would be doing a disservice to the city of Vegas.
1: Got to sure. keep up with the vibes of Vegas. Yeah. You know, having the Eiffel Tower <laughs> like mini New York City inside of a hotel. I
2: hope they have like 3 Elvis impersonators just stationed at every corner. <laughs> of the arena <laughs> just permanently doing impressions i think that would be very vegas
1: well you know what dallas did you guys see it was rick flair ty and ty domi
2: yes and uh
1: mike tyson i think were, we're just all, all the there. same <laughs> guests last night so <laughs> dallas is giving vegas a bit of a run for their money i guess in terms of the
2: are they are they from powers? dallas like, like is, is rick flair well, Dallas.
1: Ty Domi's son is on the team. Yeah. So that makes sense. Ric Flair from
2: Memphis.
1: I don't know. What is he Memphis doing? Is in- just a fan. In hand? Dallas. All right. <laughs> hey,
2: I mean, <laughs> get your money, Ric Flair.
1: Oh, would it be a fly on the wall in that guest suite?
2: Just, just a lot of
1: woo. Yeah. Can you, <laughs> yeah. Hit the button, Cam. Good one. No. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Anyways. Thanks to Ken Bolke for that. We went a little off the rails. It's a weird Friday. I thought this was going to be a news dump Friday. I thought we were going to maybe hear some news about some of the GM vacancies left in the league, maybe some coaching searches, maybe sends ownership. Nothing, nothing happened. Just Dallas won last night. Did I miss something?
2: No. Maybe I'm just... No hockey today?
1: My goodness. That's it? That's it. No games tonight. So uh, let's go to break. When we come back, we'll talk to Pat Steinberg. See if Pat has something for us. Let's do that. We'll be right back <laughs> on Hockey Central 960 on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
0: You're listening to Hockey Central 960 with Haley Salvian on your home of the flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
1: Pat Steinberg joins us now. It's time for the weekly Pat chat. He's on the Atlas Pizza Guest Hotline. We were just chatting with Ken Bulky about the Vegas Golden Knights. I was kind of hoping that you know you know i've been cheering my pom-poms have been out for the dallas stars for weeks but i was kind of mm. hoping for the sweep last night just so we could get to the cup final there's just something about the cup final starting on like june 3rd versus may 31st i'm like Ugh, no
3: and if, if vegas <laughs> if vegas wins tomorrow it'll still start
1: in yes. may
3: right it's still yeah yeah so a win if it goes to Game Six, it won't start until June 3rd.
1: I just think in this situation, when they're up three nothing on the series, like just either <laughs> get swept or win in seven. Like, don't don't waste my time with the extra couple days.
3: You're saying you're saying you know? don't go to Game Six at home. Don't um, even go to I Game
1: don't... Five. Just be well, done. You, know, you,
3: you don't have a choice now. They've gone well, to game Five already. I know.
1: Don't go to game six. Just end it. Like, don't, don't just extend this for nothing. Just be done.
3: Okay. Just I'll, be uh, done. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll make sure to tell him that. I'll, I'll get in yeah.
1: touch. Yeah, tell Jason Robertson oh, that specifically. He's got to yeah. calm down. Joe, <laughs> You're uh, heating up at the stop. wrong time. <laughs> stop scoring Jason goals, Roberts. Joe. Yeah, too many game winners. You see, he's uh, got the most po- uh, playoff goals. Among active NHLers past Ovechkin last night.
3: Yeah, and I, I mean, I will say this won't go over well with you because you want the series over, but man, it sure would be neat to see that guy get a cup. I mean the He's my the favorite that,
1: old guy without cup, but I don't want to see this go seven.
3: What if what if Dallas wins in seven and you get to see something rare and a team coming back from 03? Then then maybe it's a little bit more fun.
1: That's why I said either get swept or win in seven. Don't lose in five or six. <laughs>
3: okay, okay, okay. So okay. So you
1: know?
3: Yeah. I I just I'd really like to see Pavelski, uh win a win a championship because not only has he been a really good player, he's also been like a <laughs> straight up class act his entire career. He's one of the best totally. interviews in hockey. Mm-hmm. He's um and I just love the way he plays and I love the fact that we're talking about a guy who at this age he's still putting up the totals that he puts up. He's just yep. he's just a, a full on easy guy to cheer for and you know he's always he's always been close, you know, he was right there with San Jose and he was right there with Dallas in the bubble and now he's right there with Dallas again, but he's never been able to get over that hump.
1: Yep. I think I'm just one of those people that thinks the NHL season goes on just a little bit too long. So that's why I'm like, uh, just get to the cup final.
3: I agree, and I mean, I am a Diz- Joe Pavelski be- fan, though. It'll be over earlier this year than it was last year.
1: Last year was a disaster. Like that, we're back on regular schedule. Anyways, ish,
3: ish, not not quite the dish.
1: <sighs> Might just be uh, having a grumpy Friday. That's okay. Let's talk about the Flames. That's more exciting. Fresh, new GM, Craig Conroy, going to bring some refreshing positivity. The uh, avail with him, the introductory press conference on Tuesday was was great. We've had a couple days to kind of dissect everything. Conroy's kind of doing the media rounds. He was on your show. Uh, I think he, he was on my show, the Athletic Hockey Show. Today that came out. Okay. Um, Lots to lots to dive into with Craig Conway. Um, I think one of the biggest takeaways is uh, they're going to name a captain. Yeah. What do you think about that?
3: Well, and, and when I asked Craig that question on Tuesday, on our in our chat with them, he was really adamant that that's something that is important and that's something that they absolutely need to do. And he felt it was something that they didn't have last year when they mm-hmm. when they really could have used it it was, it was interesting hearing them talk about it because for a good chunk of last year when people would call in I would suggest that you know this is uh would, would a captain have really changed anything like would a captain have done much to change the uh dysfunction that was the county flames last year and my my repeated take was probably not. I don't think that that's the biggest reason, and I still don't think that it would have changed things dramatically. And they would have gone from being a a non-playoff team to being a Pacific Division champion or something like that. But certainly, I wonder. Just listening to Craig, he said there was there wasn't anybody who could step up and walk into Daryl's office and have a talk with him. And you wonder if maybe just knowing how much dysfunction existed inside that locker room last year, you wonder if maybe that could have helped even slightly. So Mm -hmm. I've I've really thought about that since Craig talked to us on Tuesday and talked about how much of a priority it is for them to have a captain next year. So I found that quite interesting, and I think that having a captain will also be good for marketing reasons, Even, even though I felt like it probably wouldn't have made a dramatic difference compared to what the actual results were, I felt like, yeah, it's time to name a captain. Two seasons enough. You've got a good book on your players. You know, I think even from a marketing and ambassador standpoint, having somebody wear the captaincy is important. So I think it's time and they've got some interesting candidates from Mackenzie Weager to Rasmus Anderson to Jonathan Huberto to Michael Backlund mm-hmm. or Elias Lindholm. They've got some uh They've got some interesting candidates to look at and more uh, for their next
1: captain. Who uh, Who are you looking at? And this was also from 32 Thoughts, by the way. <clears throat> Elliot Friedman said, in exit meetings, players actually made it quite clear that they felt not having a captain affected their dressing room because there was not one specific person responsible for being the liaison to the coaching staff. Um, yeah. Again, in 32 Thoughts, he, Elliot wrote Michael Backlund wants that role and teammates think he'd be an excellent choice. That could be a big part of his extension conversations. So where do you stand? Do you think Craig Conroy, you know, one of the first things he should be doing is, you know, giving Michael Backlund a three year contract extension and slapping the C on his Jersey.
3: Yep. and, and, I've felt that for quite some time. That's a really interesting road to go down. So I know that Michael said in his locker clean-out day interview that, you know, he's, uh, he's not sure. He wants to see what happens this offseason. He wants to see some of the moves that are made because he wants to win a Stanley Cup. Well, GM walked away a few days later, and two weeks after that, head coach was fired. Now a new GM is in place, and a GM that Michael Backman used to be teammates with. And so, you know, there's there's so I I wonder how the offseason has played out already may affect the way Michael is thinking. And then on top of that, uh, yeah, you if you go to him and say, hey, look, you know, we'd like you to be here for four more years. The one year remaining on your contract. And let's talk about a three year contract extension, especially knowing his age and knowing how much he likes being a member of the county Flames, how much you know, how important it was for him to get to 900 games, how important it was for him to become third all-time on the the game's playlist list and all that type of stuff. You know, you go to him and say, look, we, we'd like to also name you the captain on top of this contract extension. So, yeah, and, and if he is, is willing to maybe take a bit of a veteran hometown discount, similar to what Joe Pavelski just did on his last contract or what sure. Ryan Nugent Hopkins did on his last contract. I think, there's lots of, uh, I think there's lots of reasons for them to go down that road, and there's lots of reasons for them to explore. Now, you know, there has to be two sides, and Michael has to have that desire. But, yeah, if the captain sees something that is really important to him, then I think you absolutely should put it on the table as part of extension thought.
1: Their cap situation is going to get pretty tricky. Obviously, you have you know Jonathan Huberto's new deal coming on the books, Mackenzie Weegar's new deal coming on the books. Next season is going to be really tight. Uh, I talked about this earlier in the week. I was playing around on Cat Friendly's Armchair GM, and I promoted a couple of young players to get some cheap contracts on the books, and I basically created a 20-player roster that left like $280,000 left in cap space. So things get things get tight, and then when you start looking towards uh, 2024 in the summer with all those unrestricted free agents there's there's more money to play with and we don't know yet how high the cap is going to go obviously the hope is that it goes up more than one million dollars between uh next summer and the 2024-25 season um but that cap space starts to get tight when we're looking at a potential Lindholm home deal Backlund deal uh what do you do with Tyler Toffoli? And I think that cap situation is going to be what creates a bit more change uh, on this roster as soon as this season, right? Because we know that Craig Conroy does not want to go into the season with seven UFAs. How much changeover yeah. do you think we're about to see?
3: I think uh, I think there's potential for lots. I think it starts with, I think it starts with Elias Lindholm. I think you need to figure out exactly what you're doing with Elias. And then once you figure out what you're doing with Elias, I think you need to kind of go from there. So I think Lindholm is the priority number one in that go to him and see if there is a desire to talk long-term extension, six, seven, or eight years for your number one center. And from there, if you're getting vibes that there is a chance, if you're getting vibes that – Lindholm, especially now that Daryl is no longer with the team, we believe Lindholm was one of the veterans who was not on the same page with the former coach. Well, you go to him and say, we've, we've made this change. You know, are you more interested in going down the extension road now? And then you can start to look at numbers and stuff like that. And that'll kind of that'll kind of filter down as to what the next ones are. I think Hannaford would be the next... Uh, The next priority for the Flames, and then you can get to the over 30 unrestricted free agents. All of a sudden, if you've got Hannafin coming back, well, now maybe a guy like Chris Tanev or a guy like Nikita Zadorov is a little bit more expendable. Well, if you don't get the sense that Hannafin's coming back, well then a guy like Zadorov, another left shot, becomes a little bit more important to think about keeping beyond this year. So I think it starts with those two guys. They're the two pending UFAs. I don't include Shillington in this mix just because you know, Shillington yeah. didn't play last year. And so I think that there's a much better chance that he just remains in the fold. But when it comes to Lindholm and when it comes to Hannafin, those are the two under mm-hmm. 30 pending UFAs after this season, I think those are the first dominoes to figure out, and then you can determine where you 're going from there, and that'll really kind of set in stone or, or set in motion rather some of the other moves that you might make here as the off season goes along or even even into the season depending on how things go on the ice for them
1: mm-hmm. um, so Conroy obviously getting hired was the first piece of the off season to-do list for the Calgary Flames. Figuring out the unrestricted free agents is another big one. Finding the right captain. Uh, but perhaps the most important after the general manager is hiring a coach. Um, mm-hmm. That's something that Craig Conroy is going to be tasked with doing. It sounds like um, they're going to start that process next week with uh, with making calls, getting permission from other teams to potentially talk with uh, prospective uh coaches getting permission from whoever it may be to to interview guys from different organizations we've talked quite a bit on this station about the internal candidates and mitch love but i want to look at some of the external guys we have a few more minutes left here with you pat um so some of the names have been floated gerard gallant andrew Burnett, travis green mark savard peter laviolette um, at the very least, it sounds like, according to, to Friedman, that the Flames will reach out to gauge his interest. Um And then an interesting one is Alex Tange. He was mentioned in 32 Thoughts. He's on the bench with the Detroit Red Wings as an assistant to Derek Lalonde. He's on Canada's bench at World Championships making his international coaching debut. Um Obviously a little nice connection there with Mackenzie Wieger, who's leading Canada mm-hmm. in scoring, having a really good tournament over at world championships um is there one of those external guys that piques your interest the most pat
3: yeah there's two uh tongay and um Burnett are the two that pique my interest the most uh Burnett because okay. he was the guy he took over in a bit of a storm in Florida as we remember and was able to guide that team I know that they did not have the playoff success that they're having this year for instance but he was able to guide them to a president's trophy and guide them through that storm I think pretty well so I like the idea of Burnett for that reason because let's be honest the Flames are kind of in a storm themselves right now this is a very very tumultuous stretch that they're navigating through a GM walking away a head coach being fired and while well, I think they got the absolute right guy in Craig Conroy to replace Bradshaw. Living, you know, it's, it's still a tumultuous time for the organization. So I think a guy like Brunette with that type of experience, plus on top of that, the career season that Jonathan Huberto got paid for last summer just happened to come with Brunette as his head coach for the vast majority of the season. So that one is of interest to me. And I thought it was very strange when Florida didn't bring Brunette back. Now, of course, I know the type of success they've had, but I still thought it was strange last summer. And then Tongue is the other one. Tongue is fascinating to me because Mm -hmm. I know what he was as a player. I, I... know what he is as a communicator at least to us in the media um i just that that's a really fresh interesting look and maybe if you're the flames if if you don't believe that Tange's quite ready to be a head coach. Maybe you look at him as you promote him to associate coach or something like that. Go to Detroit sure. and say, "Hey, we'd like to we'd like to bump Tange from uh, an assistant with your group to an associate with ours," and and maybe that is something that that they can do. But he's really interesting to me. The offensive mind for for, for Tongay has always been top-notch he's seen the game in his playing career at a very high level as you mentioned the world championship and and he's had two years on detroit's bench with two different Mm -hmm. coaches i i really like that idea and you talk to people in hockey they feel like he's a really really bright mind and one of those again kind of rising star coaches so those are the two external names that interest me the most
1: I, I think I'm with you. I've thought about Gallant quite a bit. You know, we've talked about this, Pat. You talk about it on your show. I think everyone's been talking about the need to get Huberto back on track once his big ticket kicks in next season. Like, you need a coach who's going to maximize him and his skill set. We know that Gallant has had some experience uh, coaching Jonathan Huberto with the St. John Sea Dogs. And he is expected to be among the candidates for the Flames head coaching position, again, according to Elliot Friedman and in some insider reports. Um, but my concern with Gallant is, I just, I wonder if his message seems to get stale pretty quick. He spent two years in Florida, two years and a bit in Vegas, two years with the mm-hmm. Rangers, and now he's back on on the open market so i'm just wondering is that the long-term solution for the flames but i also do think that they they probably need they want a fresh perspective but you also probably still need a head coach with with some experience don't you think like or, or are you okay with calgary hiring somebody that doesn't have a ton of head coaching experience in the nhl
3: I am because I think what even, even kind of the things that, that Craig Conroy said to this point, you know, as much as it's going to be tough to move out certain players, I also think that you're talking about a team that has the ability to kind of reset things a little bit. And so knowing that, I just wonder if going with a, um, you know, going with a, a, a fresher head coach, as opposed to a a guy who has coached in this league before, I I wonder if that's I wonder if there's a lot of reason to do that, and I I think about I think about Gallant and the things that because you know Burnett's had the one year as head coach, I don't know if that would constitute him as a super experienced head coach. Whereas Gallant, the things that you've heard about him are very similar to the things and and his exit in New York, very similar to the things we heard about Daryl Sutter and his exit here in Calgary. And so for that reason, I'm just kind of of the opinion that do you really want to go down that road again? And the belief was that it was going to be a short-term thing for Daryl Sutter. And he was more of a short-term fix. Well, that's as you just mentioned, kind of what we've learned about, uh, about Gerard Galant. So, I I am more hesitant on Gallant than I am uh, on a lot of other guys. I think there's a lot to be said about having a guy who's maybe a little bit fresher as opposed to a guy with all kinds of, of NHL experience.
1: All right, before we let you go, because we got to get out of here, make way for the hockey PDO cast and Flames talk. I hear you've got Matt Stajan coming on today.
3: I Very do. Going to talk a little bit about, uh, funny enough, Craig Conroy.
1: Ooh, why's that?
3: Um, well, they were teammates and stage I'm joking. Was on the team I'm joking. Then, oh, okay, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Pat.
1: That. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Talk sorry. about the guy who just got named GM. My God. Um, were you running errands? Were you at the grocery store or at the gym? Because uh, Taylor and just, Cam just really good. want to know. We could hear some, yeah. we heard a grocery cart perhaps or a treadmill. Just got to clear it up.
3: Quickly. As, as things were starting, it's been a bit of a day. So mm. I uh, I was at uh, the Rexall at Bankers Hall and just ah. got myself a protein bar.
1: Oh, okay. Thank you for that. Just to, Thanks hold, for coming just to
3: hold me over, you know?
1: Yeah, just a little snack. Okay. That's you all. You, Thanks, Pat. Bye-bye. <laughs> there goes Pat Steinberg. You can hear him coming up on uh, Flames Talk here on Sports at 960. We had to ask. The group chat was like trying to figure out what's going on. We heard a grocery cart. We heard perhaps the beep of a, of a cashier. Glad we got to the bottom of that. Always nice to chat with uh, Pat Steinberg on the Atlas Pizza guest hotline. That conversation brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar using the same Sika recipe since 1975. You can dine in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403 248 Thirty three, forty four. We've got to get out of here. Uh, as mentioned, we've got the hockey P D O cast and Flames talk coming up next on at nine sixty. The fan. We'll be back next week with more here on Hockey Central nine sixty.